Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the 126 podcast, keeping you up to date on all things athletics in 75126. And actually, today we're going to go outside of the 126 a little bit. So let's get it going. Like I said, this is episode 14 of the 126. I am Addison McElvin. With me, as always, Coach Weaver, Coach O. Hey, Addison. Good to see you today, Addison. Good to see y'all. So, we have an exciting show today. A little bit different than what we normally do. Right. Um, yeah. But We're, This is 75126. Yeah. I'm not sure what the Mesquite uh, area code, I mean, uh, zip code is. 040 or something like that. We are. You got a couple of one five zero one four nine. Okay, we're adding a one five zero and a one four nine. Yes, we have today um, the the y'all's counterparts in Mesquite. Correct. We have athletic director Cody Groves and assistant athletic director Donna Caps from Mesquite. So welcome, welcome into the show. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, so, Coach Weaver, do we have a weave for I, today? I can do a weave today. Yeah, it's going to be super short. Hit All it. All right. So we do shout-outs every now and then. We've had a lot of soccer shout-outs recently. We've had baseball, softball, too. A lot of, our spring sports are really good, and, and they've had great starts to our season. We're, we're down to the finish of soccer, though, and I want to take a special uh, moment here to shout-out to the Forney girls varsity soccer team. They are entering what is, uh, in, a, in a traditional year, the regional tournament. We're not doing regional tournaments because we're still in COVID mitigation, but they're in the regional semifinals tonight. They're playing that in Carrollton at Standard Stadium. And um, this is the farthest they've ever been in the playoffs. And they've, as we've talked about before on this podcast, there's been some really good 40 high girls soccer teams over the years. Last year, the team that they got shut mm-hmm. down early because of the pandemic, of course, we, thought, we felt like was very, very good. But, um, man, they're in the regional semis. Really and exciting. They, I mean, they have a great team this year. They had a a good win against Jacksonville, who, like we said the last time we were in the playoffs, yep. Jacksonville was the one that, that knocked us out, yeah. and they came out. I think out you called won. it a revenge game. A I, revenge I game. I wanted to be a little more politically correct than that, but yeah. we did beat them, which yeah. is good, and good win. we've moved on. So congratulations to the Pointy High girls team. Good luck tonight. Absolutely. So, Shout out, ladies. Go to work. There's Coach O, which brings, me, brings us to our next segment. All right, guys, today for the subject spotlight, we're talking Netflix. What are you watching? Netflix. Coach Weaver, go first. You're really going to make me go first on Mm -hmm. this. You should make Donna go first, I think, because we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and I think we've got something in common on this. Yeah. Um, I'm be honest. uh, I live kind of in the woods, (laughs) and we're in the process of negotiating an internet tower <laughs> you have to put when you live where i live you have to literally erect a tower yeah. with a satellite dish on top that go, that yet reaches somewhere i don't know where um i don't have internet so we're not watching netflix a whole lot at home yeah. you know you get a spotty cell phone signal we're getting better you know we're trying to join the 21st century but um does it have to be netflix or are we talking streaming in general well it i'm still out on netflix. that addison's a problem I really don't have one I can put up there yet. Um, Coach, I know you've watched some okay. Net- shows on Netflix. So we've watched a little bit. When we lived at the old house, my wife could pull it up on her phone or, or, or do a, you know, uh, use her phone as a hotspot or something. We watched a little House of Cards. We got into that a little bit early on, especially. Um, we didn't get too far into it because we, we don't have a lot of opportunity Really? You know? Yeah, you know how it is. You got athletic events. I'm sure these guys are going to say the same thing. You're at an event almost every night um, chasing your tail, but it was pretty good. I, I hear it doesn't end too well for, for either the lead actor or the series. <laughs> so I don't know if we're going to stay with that one or not. Uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll, that's my contribution. Oh, good job, Coach. Let's move over to our, our guests for today. Netflix shows. What are you watching? What have you watched? I'm not a Netflix person. I'm, I'm rarely a TV person these yeah. days. I have a very limited time, and, and uh, like Coach Weaver, I, I'm out in the country, and yep. um, so I'm going to be feeding my horse and, and admiring nature. And then when I have TV time, you know, I'm thinking quality time. So I'm looking yeah. watching sports. 
and uh, I've had my basketball fix for a while and, and I think I'm going to be going through withdrawal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, yes, if I can't watch them live, then I record those basketball games, and that's how I spend most of my time watching any kind of sport. I can appreciate that, yeah. Coach Caps, because you you know in the world of athletics, we got plenty of live events to watch, and then in your spare time, you're out there with the animals. Purist, mm -hmm. you know, I got a lot of animals. Y'all are kindred spirits. We right are now. really the purest form of entertainment, right? So. I appreciate that answer. Shout out to Baylor, um, yeah. national champions. That's cool. Anytime Texas teams are winning it, that's true. So, well, I did pick Baylor, so I appreciate okay. you. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> but I agree with Coach Weaver. House of Cards is incredible. You should finish it. Okay, so I it's, will. It's really good. On your recommendation, Coach on Coach. my recommendation, I, I'm going to go ahead and say I got a three-year-old. A 13-year-old and a 15-year-old. So we're Disney Plus people. There you go. So good. a lot of. Uh, Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, The Mandalorian, things like oh, that. Oh, man, we did watch that, and I love That's it. really good. You're going to get Addison started on this one, too, yeah. because we could we could talk Star Wars a lot. I'm definitely a Star Wars person. Yeah. Um, and I don't watch a whole lot of Netflix. I guess I'll give my answer. Um, I've moved into some other stuff. I mean, I've watched Netflix in the past, but I'm definitely a movie guy. We're kind of in between shows right now. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about picking up, uh, what is it, Yellowstone? On, on oh, Peacock. I've heard, I've heard things. Things really, really good. good. I have too. So I want to I wanna start that up. But um, yeah, right now I'm kind of in between shows. Favorite all-time Netflix shows? I don't know. I, I binge-watched uh, Breaking Bad yeah, all the way through good. really fast on Netflix. Um, that was good. That was during my, my college days where I could just, you know, yeah. had a big break between classes and yeah. knock out three episodes of Breaking Bad. But um, there are a lot of, speaking of sports, there's a lot of good sports documentaries on Netflix that I've seen. I've watched several of those. I think all the 30 for 30s ended up on Netflix. I don't know if they still are with ESPN, Disney Plus, all that stuff, but um, there's a lot of good i got a question for you, there. Addison. Mm -hmm. So ADs watch sports almost continuously. Mm -hmm. Does an advanced AV teacher watch TVs, TV and movies in the same way? I watch a lot of TV and movies, and I... I watch too much of it, and I know I need to back it up. Probably read some more, get more stuff done in the house. But I rationalize it like that. Well, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, you know, Pro I'm professional I'm development. Getting, I'm getting <laughs> curriculum. Yeah. Um, but I watch a lot of sports too. Uh, the TV that I do watch now, which is not as much as I used to, is, is usually the Mavericks or, you know, during football season, I'm watching the Cowboys a lot. And then we watched. I mean, we were watching March Madness in my class. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of teachers were. So, but for me, it's easy because I can just say they're learning, you know, broadcast television. They're learning TV broadcast. Well, you, you also run the scoreboard for us at the stadium. Mm -hmm. And so there is a lot that goes yes. into that production with kids. Oh, I tell kids all the time who, who you know, work at the scoreboard to watch sports. Yeah. Like, especially ones that come in who maybe haven't watched a lot of football. Their family's not real into football. And now they have to film it. It's very hard. Once you're used to it, you can keep up with the ball. But if you haven't seen it before and you're looking at it through a little tiny viewfinder, it's really hard to keep up with that ball. Mm -hmm. So I tell them, hey, you got to watch football on the weekend so that you can start to get the flow of the game down, and yeah. then you can really follow it. So um, they get they get they pick it up really fast. But that is definitely something that we do. Well, we've said this before on this podcast. There are a myriad of ways to go in. If this if it's a student athlete or just a student's goal to be involved in sports mm -hmm. as a profession, there are a million different paths into it. We've had our athletic trainers on here. We've talked to about um, we had we had former athletes on here who talked about careers in that are associated with sports that aren't coaching. Um, however, right we we got uh, ads and assistant mm -hmm. ads at the table. Uh, we all started through coaching in in sports and um, to to get us to. The, where we are today and and to so our topic if you're good with me go ahead and go, segue go into it. hold on coach you didn't i didn't get that's mine. true you didn't get I, yours I, I didn't I'm gonna oh my gosh too. i'm so sorry how rude yeah, it is now my feelings are hurt we had well, a good segue and co coach yeah, took hey, his opportunity we can i'm sorry i'm gonna go out. fast yeah, okay it's I, I don't get to watch netflix as much as i want to but what i'm watching right now is heartland donna you'll need heartland is about based off a of horse form so okay uh, there you go. All right, Coach. Hey, now, I, got, I got one more because this is even great. You need every student who listens to this. They need to watch the last blockbuster. I actually watched that last night on Netflix. Okay, I saw the ad for it. Child, childhood, yeah, just everything came back to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. 
Okay, um, that used to be our life. Yeah, you need to watch it real quick. We, it's just me and a and the guy who his classroom was right next to him. We were talking about Blockbuster just the other day and how much fun it was to go to Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. Like I used to go to Blockbuster with my dad like pretty much every week, and now it seems like oh that's such a hassle. And I'm like, but we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know that you, there was a there was another way. We didn't know you could just pull it up on your computer or on your TV yeah. and watch whatever you want. So we were excited to go to Blockbuster and it had that smell. And you, you went in there and got to pick whatever movie or game yeah, or whatever. It, Blockbuster was a blast. Well, our kids wouldn't know what the heck a Blockbuster is right now. So. No idea. Well, you know, I grew up when there wasn't even a Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the first movie I we talk, mentioned Star Wars, first movie I ever saw in a movie theater was Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, three years old. I so, think mine was stuff. too, but it was... It wasn't the original. It, was, it wasn't one. a new hope, was it? Yeah, in two thousand or yeah. whatever, nineteen ninety nine. So it blew my mind as a kid, <laughs> and, and um, anyway, not too hard to do. But it's amazing how things change, and usually, we as a society look for ways to make things easier, to make things simpler, um, to make things faster and more efficient. We, we see that in athletics, whether it's stat programs or video content. You know, football coaches also used to drive uh, an hour away to exchange <laughs> film. Um, we, we, there's a million examples of that. But one thing that can never go away, and this is why uh, Cody and Don are here today, we were, we were meeting about a topic of um, interest to all of us as athletic directors, something I think is super important in our profession, and that is professional development, but specifically mentorship and mentoring of young coaches coming up, of assistant coaches, of head coaches, no matter where you are in that professional realm, mentoring is so important. And just those lessons that you learn on the job and from other people and through interactions, um, we, we see gaps in that these days. And, and you know, uh, you can't blame the young coach who, who um, didn't come up necessarily Understanding, you got to do laundry, and you you've got to keep stats, and you've got to do uh, things come easy to you sometimes. And um, um, we we sometimes talk. To, we talked to Coach Jackson a while back about the small small school small small school coach mentality. Which if you're in a small school, you, you have to. I mean, it's, you have to do everything, right? Your staff's not very big. Sometimes, even if you're a head coach, you're having a baseball, for example. You're doing all the field maintenance, and you're you know you're doing all the laundry, and you're doing all your your uh, statistical work and everything else, but um, we were talking to our neighbors about how can we use our connections, our experiences, our, our geographical area, mm -hmm. our, you know, our close proximity to build quality mentoring opportunities and professional development opportunities for our coaches. And how does that then transcribe to better athletic experiences for our kids, right? Right. Before we jump into that, because I can't wait to hear what y'all have to say about that, I'd like to hear a little bit about each of y'all's backgrounds. So we'll start with you, Coach Caps. Tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of how you got involved with sports, what led you to your current position. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll speed it up. It's a long <laughs> story because I'm old. But um, I played sports all the time as a kid and growing up through high school. Uh, played on the college level, but I don't even like to talk about it because it was more like intramurals are today. You got in the coach's station wagon and drove and had t-shirts, not uniforms. So I don't know if that can count or not, but... It counts, Coach. Okay, mm -hmm. thank you. Uh, so um, I uh, thought I'd go in the medical field and I couldn't stay out of the gymnasium. So I was biology and physical education, kinesiology, health, whatever. Um, started coaching and teaching in middle school, which I think everybody should have to do. That should be a requirement. But I uh, went from middle school to being a JV basketball coach and head track coach. Then got hired at North Mesquite for my first head coaching position. Moved from there for a really short one year at Maybank and came to Crandall, that's my hometown. That's where I was raised. In, uh, coach there with uh, a lot of great people. Uh, by the way, she's, she's looking across at the green room. Our next guest is over there mm -hmm. uh, smiling beneath his face covering. <laughs> uh, then I, I coached uh, I coached in Crandall for a while. and then I, I didn't got, get that. Uh, Try tapping above to edit. Uh, somehow, I apologize. He's going to have to edit that out. 
maybe. Okay. That's my phone. That's I don't know Siri. why. I think we should leave. I think I the know, audience it gets us every appreciate oh, the Siri awesome. bloopers. She couldn't hear you, Donna. That's the great. Siri didn't get that. Yeah. I'm sorry, Siri. <laughs> okay, do you want me to continue? Yes. Yes, please. Okay, then I went to, uh, I got to coach you on the Division One level at UTA for seven years. And then Mesquite needed a, an assistant athletic director. And one of the old superintendents told me when I was coaching there that if they ever put an assistant athletic director in a female one, he would call me. And he did. So I decided it was time to jump ship, quit recruiting all over the country, yeah. killing myself, <laughs> begging people to come play and jump in and help mentor coaches. So you mentioned um, basketball a couple of times in there. You also talked about watching a lot of basketball. Is basketball your first love? Was that was that the, the thing that got you? Yes. I love to hear that. And I actually, I didn't know, I was talking about this recently. Maybe you could tell me something about this. My aunt, who's much, much older than, than my mom's older sister, she played, yes. Three on she three. played three on three basketball, which I didn't know was a thing. Oh, oh it was a thing. It was That's a, a whole. Thing. So for, for listeners who don't know what we're talking about, a long time ago, and it was just women's basketball, correct? Correct. They would play three on three in the half court. So you would play defense pretty much the whole game. And if you got yes. a stop, you would pass it on to your offensive three. And then yes. they would play a half court set yeah. of offense, basically. That's how it so works. It's a, it's a very different way of playing basketball. And I was talking to people, and a lot of people were like, what? That is so weird. Did you ever play that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Because, yes, you, and you got to choose if you were a forward or a guard. A forward shot the ball. The guards didn't get to. But if the guards got fouled, you got to shoot the free throw. So it was just, it was really pretty good. But it was frustrating when you would be running as fast as you could and you'd have to stop at that mid-court yeah. line. That was a little devastating. But I do remember my very first five-on-five five game, and this was in college, and I drove the lane. I thought, ooh, this is crowded. You, know? like, <laughs> yeah. you people need to get out of the way. <laughs> when I'm used to going you know, three-on-three. Three. That's just six people under there instead of ten. But uh, I'm glad the game has evolved, and if you watched any of the, of the dance with mm-hmm. the, on the women's side, man, their level of play has just improved tremendously. Mm-hmm. I'm real proud of that. Absolutely. That's just an interesting little nugget of sports history. That, that is probably a whole, we invite Donna back, it's probably a whole podcast. Yeah. That's really interesting. A lot of people don't know about that anymore. Right. I, I got a grandmother on the state championship team and three-on-three basketball, jump center, um, long, long ago. But uh, that's a really, it is really interesting so how, how sports have evolved as well, right? The work ethic right. never goes away. We're going to get into that, um, coaches or kids, but... Um, and just, sports have definitely evolved. Yeah, just another quick nugget on the evolution kind of a basketball. I think basketball is really unique in that it, it grew so fast that Dr. James Naismith, who invented basketball, actually got to throw the opening tip whenever it was in the Olympics. And I try to tell people that. I'm like, imagine just making up a game <laughs> like you did in high school and it being in the Olympics whenever you're still alive. Yeah. I couldn't imagine that. So basketball grew. It looked a little different. Passed. There were no peach right. baskets. Right. In the Olymp- at the Olympic level. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, it changed a lot just in his lifetime. Yeah. And so that's basketball's interesting in that in that respect. So now we're gonna move over to Coach Grove. So tell us tell us your background, tell us your history in sports. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll just brief just say something about Donna real quick mm-hmm. as well. But first off, she's a tremendous basketball player. I mean she probably never missed a free throw in her life. <laughs> Really good, but she, you know, she's in the Mesquite ISD Hall of Honor as an individual, you know, as a oh, coach. Oh, that's great. That's cool. Um, and her team from uh, North Mesquite that they won, actually they lost in the state championship, but one of the teams she coaches also in the Mesquite ISD Hall of Honor. So she's, she's very well. She is a legend in Mesquite, and uh, we're grateful to have her. So her, her story did not give her story justice. Right. So she. That's she usually how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah. But good stuff. Um, but no, I grew up in Odessa, Texas, played at Odessa Permian. I uh, got to play in a state championship game, so that probably growing in that community really fueled my fire for just mm-hmm. athletics yeah. and competition and, and being a part of community. And, um, you know, I played some junior college baseball and, anyways, ended up, got into coaching. I knew that's what I always wanted to do, but I didn't want to do the student teaching and all that kind of stuff. So, um, Ended up getting a call from from two former coaches that coached me in middle school, 
got hired on at Midlothian Middle School. And um, and I agree with Donna. I think every single coach should start in middle school. I just think you learn lessons there. I was I learned more about coaching those first three years of middle school than I've learned since then. How to manage kids, manage yeah. hundreds of kids um, in, in all aspects of that. But so uh, one year in Midlothian, I moved to Midland, back out to West Texas where I grew up. And I coached two more years in middle school, got promoted to Midland Lee. Um, right after they got three state championships, you get to come into a place. So <laughs> you never meet that standard again when you win a state <laughs> yeah. championship. So after three years there, ended up um, moving to Coppell High School, coached there for three years, um, got connected with Randy Jackson. Yeah. Um, he hired me to be the defense coordinator at Mesquite Poteet. Um, he, he left after my first year, and I ended up getting promoted to head football coach at, at Poteet High School. Um, a lot of great kids and great coaches. Um, has spent, I think, seven years as the head coach there. And then when Steve Bragg retired, I, I got promoted to athletic director for, for Mesquite. And that's kind of where we're at today. And, and you know, I w- was not necessarily ready to leave the field. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I love those relationships. I love everything about it. But I figured that I could have a much bigger impact on more kids by taking this step and just kind of, you know, I've had to learn that now it's about growing coaches and, you know, sometimes working with adults is harder than working with kids. Yeah. So, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're being so kind. So, Addison, i got to tell you, that it, eloquently, Cody and Donna both hit on something that's so important. Really, it's kind of the, the, the foundation of what we were talking about earlier, you know, you guys coming over and us discussing this mentorship thing. And when they both say starting out at the middle school level was so valuable, I started out mm-hmm. at the middle school level. Um, Tom, Tommy Mankins is going to come over here and just meant, you know, he was at the middle school level. Um, coach O? I didn't start at the middle school, but um, I did start as a freshman coach. There you go. So it was close. It yeah, so, count. but learning those, <laughs> those lessons you get at that, at that, at that, um, in that environment, right? Like Cody said, a lot of kids and not that many coaches. You've got to kind of learn to do everything. You've got to be a jack of all trades. You've got to, be the person that does the laundry and the person that makes the play call on the you know on on game night um and everything in between it's kind of a small school deal too i mentioned that but um we all also talked about this earlier i felt like we all came up at a time when there were many mentorship opportunities in our profession or at least some right you had i mean we had a you mentioned this before, Addison. You had Tommy Mankins, right, at the, at the middle school, who was who was kind of that guardian that took care of all coaches, and the young coaches knew what to do. And if they didn't, Tommy was right there with them, giving mm-hmm. them great advice and and sage advice because he'd been there and done that. Um, we have to be intentional about building those in now for for our coaches, so that our coaches, so we make our coaches better. We mm-hmm. pour into our coaches, but so coaches can be great for kids. I'll use a, I'll use right. a phrase cook phrase Coach O uses all the time. Go be great for kids. Well, you can't be great for kids if you're tr- struggling within yourself in, in your own profession. So um, that's kind of the angle we're coming from with this deal. Yeah. Well, uh, before we really jump into that, I do have one follow-up question for you. Last week we did a March Madness bracket of sports movies. And we had Coach Jackson fill in the sports movies. Coach Weaver, Coach O all did it. Um, where is Friday Night Lights stopping for you as an Odessa Permian person? At a top, not in the top ten. Really? Wow. Okay, it's so. not as accurate as you know. It's a, yeah. it's a Hollywood movie, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know if anybody really knows this story, but you know, they come into Odessa to tell a story. And when somebody comes in and says, "We're gonna tell all the great things about your community," yeah. and then when the book's written and they tell all the bad things, so, yeah. <laughs> um, it you know, it was a very disappointing disappointing thing for the. So yeah. we know it brought notoriety, but they really took, um, you know, they didn't necessarily sell the good. Right. Uh, they, they told a, a story that they thought would be interesting. Interesting. And that's um, a, that's definitely, that's a movie thing for sure. That's a Hollywood thing. And that's yeah. a, I was watching the movie with, with my wife who's not from Texas. She went to, she went to high school here, but she's not from Texas. And, and Forney changed a lot. And she was like, are these small towns really like this? And they were showing all the stuff that happened to coach throughout that movie and all the terrible things people did. I was like, if you were a coach in this town for 20 years, maybe you would see all this. But it's not going to happen in a year. Like, this guy was just raked over the coals in this movie. <laughs> and they made it to a state championship. Like, 
Well, there's the you have the little series that they have. That's, yes. Yeah. You know, but the the actual movie. I mean, there it is a true story. You mm-hmm. know, coach didn't win state, and they put a for sale sign. Yeah. In his yard. I mean, it was there. Were, there was a lot of. Uh, it was a lot of pressure on a coach. Yes. yes. You know, oh, yeah. the expectation is a state championship or, you know, right. or failure. And uh, it, there's good and bad on that. You know, mm-hmm. you, you really want you want to be at a place where the bar keeps being raised. Mm-hmm. But you also, we're in this profession, it's not just about X's and O's. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm very appreciative that that's where our profession's going. Um, now, at the same time, we want to win. Winning helps mm-hmm. build things. It gives you a platform. It gives you a lot of stuff. But uh, no, as far as the movie, yes, it's very cool. Yeah, I do like it. <laughs> I think the bad thing for us is you look and go, "That didn't happen. We didn't play that team." You right. You know, and you start you. Because we're, we're looking through a different lens and picking yeah. apart. Right. That, that that that. And there's a lot of stuff in there that did happen. Was that year a state final year? Uh, that was 1988. Okay. So they had. Uh, they won a state championship in '89. The next year, mm-hmm. won the national championship, the theoretical national yeah. championship, and then they won again in '91. So I think at that time, because um, I think I remember looking at it that they didn't play Carter in the championship. They played no, Carter in '88. That year, yeah. the, in that movie, they they lost to Dallas Carter in '88 in, mm-hmm. in the state semifinals. But but I was I think I was a seventh or eighth grader in '88. Yeah, um, I, I played in my junior year. We lost to Converse Judson in. Uh, 1995 in the state championship. I think that's the last time Permian has been to a state game. But right. but the story, I mean, it's, it's still fun. Yeah. <laughs> Say, hey, oh, yeah. that's my hometown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We just got hey, to get You just need to get an insider's perspective yeah, it is. on one of the movies that was in our bracket. Absolutely. That was great. Yeah. I mean, who, I got, was, who was there? I'm sorry, but uh, on behalf of my wife, I, I told you I was going to lodge a complaint. A league, yeah. of, a league of their own yes. not being yes. in. Yeah, I heard about that at home. It was an honorable mention. Okay, it was on the list, but we had a sh- we had a smaller bracket, we had a smaller field. So, yeah. sorry, Tom Hanks. <laughs> so let's move in to talk about what y'all have been kind of like hinting at and stuff. Talk, yeah. Just tell me a little bit about why y'all met today. What y'all were doing? Well, we we've done a few things over the years to to try to number one keep professional development fresh for our coaches. You know, not just another meeting, and two. To, to try to provide um, specific um, quality and um, relevant training to the coaches, no matter what level they coach or what campus they represent. Um, we want to grow coaches. We want to pour into coaches, right? We want them to know we appreciate the work they do. We, we know the hours coaches work. We know the, the level of... Um, commitment that they have to have to to pull it off you know I mean it's um, there's a lot of work that's got to be junior high coaches there's not very many of them and there's a lot of kids and a lot of teams and a lot of facilities and a lot of activity it's a busy job we want them to do it well and we have to be intentional about how we as as athletic administrators set up a system to teach and train those coaches and specifically when we don't have a lot of opportunity for mentorship how are we intentional about building mentorship into that because there's only so much listening to us any coach is, is either has time to be exposed to or really wants to be exposed to right i mean uh we need them to learn from each other we need head coaches to mentor assistants we need experienced assistants to mentor junior high coaches we need young coaches to learn from a lot of different places and we've just been talking generally about hey we you know how do we um benefit from our close relationship, Mesquite's a great neighbor for us. They've been in, in the district with our schools since Forney back in 04 or whatever, Forney's you know, first year uh, moving up from the old 3A. We've been with, with Mesquite in our districts ever since. So we share some, co- you know, Randy was in Mesquite with Cody. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. some of our head coaches are from, Coach Fleener came from Mesquite High. We've got Forney coaches that are now in Mesquite. You know, specifically, I'm thinking of a couple at Horn that, that came from us. Um, we're close I feel neighbors. Like every coach is one coach removed from knowing it's, everyone. There, there's, there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. A lot of truth in that. Um, but knowing and learning from mm-hmm. are two different things. And right. we've got to build opportunities for them to learn from each other. That's what we're working on. So, um, just to get y'all's perspective, so um, how how do y'all think both Muskie and Forney can benefit from kind of coming at this together in a way? Well, 
I'll lead with this. Kind of the, the, the biggest purpose for me and why I want to do this is, you know, kids get one shot. You know, coaches get to do this for a career. We get If we make a mistake, we get to do it again the next year, and we get to keep mm-hmm. redoing it. The kids get, they get one shot. <laughs> they get one high school career. They get one senior season. They get, you know, they get one bad year in eighth grade that turns them away from wanting to ever play again. And as coaches, we have to really take that to heart. That, that we got to bring our best, and we got to do our best every time. Because, again, once, once that's over and we didn't do what we wanted to do or what we – Okay, well, I'll learn from that and I'll try this differently. But but for that kid, this is it for them. So, you know, if we look at it from that that point of view, I think that we would we're willing to take every step possible to to make sure those kids have the best experience. And if that is, you know, giving a different set of ear, you know, because Neil said it best. We we uh, sometimes they get tired of hearing from me, <laughs> or tired of hearing from their principal, or tired of hearing. To be able to partner them with people from different schools, from different sports, from different school districts, and 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 I do think we got a good relationship with Forney ISD. I, th- I think our our, our uh, how close we are as a t- as a community. I mean, we're right here, uh, and a lot of Mesquite ISD employees live in Forney. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is a uh, and 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 I, I live in Forney, so um, but I I just think it's beneficial for them to or really for us to um, find opportunities for coach to, coaches to grow, basically. And, and I just, I think it gives them a different uh, perspective, a different point of view. Well, this is the way we do it in Mesquite. Well, that's not what this is about. This is about how do I become a better coach? How do I grow as a coach? How do I get better? And just to give them a wider spectrum of people to, to get to know and, and to learn from, I, I, I think that that's um, the best way to go about it. I think this is a great way to go about it because it's, it's – you know, not only can you learn from other people's successes, you can learn from things that, okay, you know, Coach Weaver, you could say, hey, we tried this as far as mentorship go, and that one didn't work. Yeah. You know, it didn't really connect with the coach as well. Um, and that could be something you were considering trying. So you can learn from mistakes, you can learn from the successes. And then this is also interesting, just as somebody who's not in the athletic department, um, how connected school districts are at, at, at the top levels because whenever you're you know playing sports or whenever you're just watching sports you only see schools as like competitors you know you only yes. see the teams as competitors and not so much as hey you know the leadership of both of these teams at the highest level do have very common goals and we're we're coming out here to better kids we're not just here to beat up on each other well i'll say the funny thing it, it, you 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 said something that it always always struck me but People see the game. They see the event. They don't see everything in the background that it took to get to that game. It's not just roll a ball and go play. I mean, it takes a lot of coordination, coordination between an entire district, not not Mesquite or not Fort, but everybody in that district, whether agreeing on what time you're playing, officials, how you're going to pay for things. I mean, it takes a lot of behind the scenes. And then that host, I mean, it – from tech services to maintenance to um, cleanup crew. I mean, it, it is a lot. Of, I learned that probably more than anything becoming an AD, how many different mm-hmm. departments are involved in allowing kids to do things. Athletics touches almost every Everything. other department in the school district in some way. Uh, and I got to say this, speaking to your point, uh, I mean, do you think if I were coaching basketball today, you think I could learn from Donna? Absolutely. Yeah, a- absolutely, right? I mean, and so what a great opportunity we've got to, to take some great people in Mesquite ISD, some great people in Forney ISD, um, and c- connect them with young people coming up in our profession, wherever they're coaching. I mean, it, it's going to make Brown Middle School better. It's going to make Warren Middle School better. It's going to make Jackson Middle School better. It's going to make Mesquite Middle Schools better. Um, it's going to make the, the freshman coach, the JV coach. I mean, there's a way to increase not just – uh, knowledge of sport, mm-hmm. right? But how do we do it? What are our philosophies? What things work? Um, and how do you be a successful coach from people who are? We can share our, our um, you know, we can sh- share that commodity that we share and having some great people in our school district mm-hmm. with young coaches all around. And I do think, I'm going to go to Coach Caps here and kind of get your opinion on this, but I do think on the playing level, not just on making better coaches, but I think that all this has kind of a trickle-down effect. 
And I am, I am definitely a strong believer in that strong competition will make you better. So yeah. I think that, you know, if, if, you know, the coaches get better and the teams get better, then the teams make each other better. So yeah. I think it kind of has this compounding thing. So, uh, Coach Caps, could you just talk about kind of your experience in terms of mentoring coaches and kind of where you see it as, you know, the importance level of it, I guess? Well, mentoring is just building relationships, <clears throat> making them feel comfortable. I had great mentors, and I think that's what motivates me to want to mentor. Uh, just, just what I was going to say about the other situation is all of us are smarter than one of us, mm -hmm. and yeah. that's the philosophy that we've got to get across to these young people. You can't know everything, and it's okay, but you can know who knows different things and reach out to them but yes that's been um, very pleasurable for me to be able to go down and help I still have players today that will send me a film to break mm -hmm. down or ask if I want to come teach a shooting clinic and, and and of course that helps me stay I guess current with the situation but I, it's all about helping others, reaching down and helping somebody. And I was helped, so I want to help someone else. We've heard that from every coach and that's mm -hmm. come through here, I don't yeah. think. And I mean, that's probably true in every profession that no one no one is successful without having that person to come before them and, and show them kind of the way to do it. So, you bet. Um, coach Weaver, did you have anything to add or? or well, what on? I'll say is it does, you know, inter this kind of interaction, collaboration, uh, growth of our coaches, people still, the, the tip of the iceberg, we've talked about this before on, on the podcast, that everybody's going to see is that scoreboard on Friday night or Tuesday night or game day. It doesn't take away from that in, in one bit. In fact, it probably heightens the, the quality of that event, certainly heightens the quality of the staff that's managing that event. And this could probably be extended to all those other areas Cody talked about. We know there's, you know, from you and your crew on a Friday night to all the other folks that work an athletic event. Um, everything is interconnected and the more we interconnect the best of our profession with the new of our profession the the more longevity we have um, the more successful our individual coaches and programs are and the better our school district departments are and every bit of this you said trickle down it, it ends up with the kids in our right. program. That, that, you know, that's what our ultimate goal and our ultimate job is, is to give them the best. Cody said this too. They get one shot to give them the best we can in that one shot. And we, we're proud of our programs. We're proud of our people. We think we have a good perspective. Doesn't mean we can't grow always. Um, but we want our kids to get every possible advantage while they're an athlete in Forney ISD and Mesquite ISD. And it's just... It's an avenue we want to at least explore to see how can we partner together to increase the level of participation, the experience that they get to have, and the success rate. I mean, let's, you know, let's, let's be honest. I mean, we all want to win District 13 5A. We're all in this to, to win the thing. Um, every bit of this can, can be affected by us working together to mentor coaches. And this one... This isn't one of our prepared questions, but I'm curious and I'll open it up for all of you because our listeners are predominantly parents. Yeah. Um, is there something that parents can do to help this effort of, of making better coaches or, or really that, that one chance opportunity? Um, this is y'all's chance to, you know, maybe talk to some parents that, you know, they're mostly forny parents, of course, but um, I know that, that parents play a huge role in, in obviously the biggest role for a high school student to you do bet. that. So, so is there something that they can do to help this effort? Uh, my only advice to parents is the same one. I mean, I got a kid that's a freshman at Poteet mm -hmm. and he doesn't get to play very much. And you know what I do? I support the coaches. When I'm at home, my kid gets to hear how great his coaches are. That's the best thing parents can do at the end. I mean, so as far as supporting their kids' coaches, they don't, that doesn't mean they agree with them, but when they're at home, they got to support their coaches. and. And trust the process. Trust that we're doing the best we can um, to do it to the best we can for their kids. And so, you know, as far as anything in particular parents can do, they just um, we're, we are truly appreciative that they do trust us as much as they do. Um, you know, they're sending their own, only kids to us. And, again, they're one shot. They want the best. And, and we that's the one thing we can always agree, agree on with parents. They want what's best for their kid. Right. You know, no matter what happens, that's what they want. 
And so um, as long as they know that that's truly what we want as well and there's only enough, you know, playing time to go around, there's only right. enough, you know, things like that. But, um, but no, as far as the parent aspect of it, I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot um, other than just, just knowing that we are doing everything in our power to, to put the best people on the best resources we can in front of their kids to give them the best opportunities. I got one in youth sports. Cody's is a, a high school kid, and I, I know I'm headed that direction. Um, I remind myself as a sports parent, and I think every sports parent has a responsibility to remind himself or herself. Uh, sometimes I remind my wife, right? We've got to remind each other, too, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to keep we keep each other in check. You know, we're um, accountability partners, so to speak. But when that game's over, I'm going to ask my kid every time, did you have fun? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what What was your favorite moment of the game? Shout out to my mom. She was great at that. Yeah, I always mean it was always that. about him. Mm-hmm. I made it about his. Ex- I try to make my conversation with him after the game. I think a parent's moments with a kid after a contest, because usually kids putting all those hours in and practice during the week with the coach mm-hmm. and teammates and all. I mean, parents probably aren't going to see a whole lot of that. I mean, you know, we there's some coaches that open practice and parents come and watch and stuff, and that's great when you do that, but. Usually people are going to see game night. And I want my conversation as a parent with my kid on game night after the game to be about him. And I'm always going to lobby him a little bit with great teammate stuff. You know, how, how do you, how, what'd you do to make your teammates better? You know, or did you, uh, did, when, when so and so, when Tommy, when Tommy made that free throw, did you tell him good job? You know, so it's a good opportunity to lobby him a little bit, but. Mm. I don't ever want to make it about the coaches. I don't ever want to make it about the officials. Those two things are completely out yeah. of my control as a as a as a youth sports parent. Totally out of my control. I want to make it about his experience, and I think that's a. You, if parents keep that, boy, we can all accomplish great things together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, so Addison, I would the advice I would give to parents is when I follow myself. Um, well, you got a kid playing Division One. I. I mean, you got a kid on the Junior Olympic team or something. You yeah. ought to be able to give us a good perspective. I do, and, and I coached for 19 years, so it, it was hard to sit in those stands um, mm-hmm. and not say something. But um, we have the 24-hour rule in my house, and we've done that since probably Carrington was about in the eighth grade. And um, it is a – if I don't have anything positive to say, I don't say anything for 24 hours – Wow. I'll text it. And that has worked for us. And so what happens now is we don't even have the 24-hour rule. She's already talking to me, but she couldn't her, – her little brain couldn't process all of the coaching that I was trying to do, and I'm not even a volleyball coach, to her as soon as she got in the car. So that's the advice I would give to parents. Just give them a break. Yeah. They – they know when they've messed up. They know when they didn't have a good game. They know when they've let the coach down. And nine times out of ten, they love their coach. So if they come home venting about their coach, just listen. Yeah. And if they have an issue with their coach, just encourage them to go talk to their coach. And it, and it just eliminates a whole lot of problems. Well, I said wow. that I was, I was asking you all so you could give advice to our parents. I wasn't. I was asking so you could give it to me oh. um, because <laughs> I have a, an almost two-year-old, and I'm, yeah. I'm just like I'm trying to listen to you all and get some soak up as much as I can yeah. uh, before he starts <laughs> playing stuff. So, Well, it might be a few. I mean, can It'll you, be a few years. <laughs> if you're planning on having him in but, three-year-old soccer next year, yes, then you, I will. you may be a little overzealous. But I got three we're talking about soccer, <laughs> yeah. three-year-old in soccer. We're, we're talking about men. Mentorship. I, so I want the mentorship. Cody can, Cody can mentor you in three-year-old in three soccer. Year old soccer. Uh, well, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> whatever Coach O's doing works, right? Yes. I mean, you know, he's just talking about a kid playing at the highest level. Yeah. I, I've got the, the greatest uh, little dribblers player, maybe in the history of the little dribblers organization. Is that true? But, but you know, well, I'm you're still talking trying to, to keep a former impre- <laughs> number one draft pick in 2006, horny yeah. little. Well, dribblers. yeah. <laughs> so, and I think that's key, that's key too. If, for every parent. When you get in a car with your kid, your kid is the kid, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're so we're teaching teamwork. We're teaching um, team responsibility. Whole different thing. There's nothing wrong with being parent and, and loving your kid and your kid being the number one priority for you as a sports parent. 
that's what you're supposed to do. Is I mean, I, you know, and I hope every parent does that and pours into their kid. I think you just coach hit it. You know, their little brain. I mean, we're all trying. We all want the same thing. So there's a way that parents got to do it. But hey, we want coaches want parents involved and want want parents invested in their kids because then we know the kids invested in the team and everything pays upward from right. there. Right. And there's nothing worse than making your kid have to choose love for you and love for their coach. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I want to give a shout out real quick. Um, so I've got a 13 year old daughter as well. She, my wife teaches in Sunnyvale, so she plays in Sunnyvale, but shout out to former North Forney um, star athlete, Bryce Ford. He is my daughter's um, basketball and shot put coach hey. in Sunnyvale, and she loves him. Like, All right. Awesome. He does a really good job. So, well, hey, we, there's a future hear. podcast guest. Yes, though. absolutely. Good stuff. We'll have to bring him out. Um, so, we uh, we've covered we've covered a lot of stuff here. We're we're kind of running low on time, so now we're going to actually bring on our next guest. This is a guest that Coach Cap knows. Uh, Coach Caps knows very well, and that is Coach Tommy Mankins of Forney ISD. Coach Mankins has been a part of Forney ISD for a long time. Um, he was actually my middle school coach and athletic coordinator at what was then Forney Middle School. So we're going to play musical chairs a little bit and get Coach Mankins out here. Hey, Coach Mankins, how you doing? Oh, it's even better there'd be three of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you knew I didn't, he was going to have something. I should have expected yeah, Coach Mankins to come on with some, you know, Coach Mankins-ism. Well, here's I your guess. little context, right? Yeah. Uh, and, Tommy, you don't mind me. You know I'm going to say it anyway. I'm older than dirt, so go ahead. <laughs> How many years in coaching in the state of Texas? 47. 47 years. 47 coaching. years. Active coaching Active in the state. He's our head boys and girls golf coach at North Pointy right now. I think we all, you know, as 80% of the coaches in Texas probably have some sort of Tommy Mankins connection. But yes. Everybody at this table does. Um, you know, Tommy's probably the, well, maybe Sandy Cook, but remembers me in diapers running around. Exactly. A sideline or a track somewhere. his father. Yeah. His father helped me out as a young AD and head football coach when he was at Canton. Yeah, I bet that he coached you, right, coach Tommy? Mains. Yes. Yeah. Was my first coach because I, I came into uh, Forney Middle School. Yeah. First day, seventh grade. I love Coach Mangans, but he terrified me that day uh, <laughs> because I was in seventh grade and I had no idea what athletics was about. So Coach Mangans comes in already hoarse somehow on the first day of school, you know, uh, yelling at He'd us. He's been stuff, helping with high school football. Yeah. That's why high school football yep. for two weeks. Yes. Yep. So, uh, but you coached me, you coached my brother, you taught my wife um, in your class. So, um, all good people. Yes, my Coach Mankins, I'm sure, likes Remy a lot. And more I didn't, than me, dis- but. didn't discover this till I started hearing Coach Grubbs. Uh, we crossed paths and didn't know it because he was at Odessa Permian. I was at Plano High School, and uh, I got to we got to lock horns several times. Okay. Uh, the coldest game I ever coached at. Well, I watched because I was scouting other people. Was Permian playing Plano at Lubbock Stadium? It was uh, 17 degrees. Wind out of the north, about 25 miles an hour. Cody's shaking his head over here. And their managers were in black shorts and white shirts, no cold weather gear, standing at parade rest by the game, by the footballs before pregame started. Oh, I was my. Going, They're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. True story. So well, like I said, whether they know it or not, most coaches probably yes. have a, a Tommy Mankins crossover. And so Coach Caps has a has a Tommy Mankins crossover. Tell us about that. Oh, we uh, coached together in Crandall, and Tommy was a coaching peer, a friend, mentor in certain cases, and we were always partners in crime, and we can't really go into all that. No, we, we, we want to protect the innocent. That's yeah. what the deal is, but we were real fortunate. That was probably one of the greatest coaching staffs I've ever been on, men and women. And the fact was that we worked with each other and we had each other's back. And when there was a problem, we'd get together and we would figure it out. Yeah. I, I coached Donna's son. She coached my daughter. My daughter was her manager and played golf at Crandall. And, you know, I thank the world for Donna Caps and her staff with my daughter when she was in high school because they were able to coach her in some things that, mm-hmm. you know, moms and dads are stupid with kids until the kids are about 25. <laughs> and thank goodness for coaches like her and Steve Hodge that 
took Molly under their wing and really talked to them. Yeah. Well, and the co- so the coach, parent, student athlete triangle is the critical relationship piece that, that's going to drive so much with every team. And it, if, if any piece of that is off kilter or out of balance, um, it really is. I mean, you know, the, there's an old basketball deal, the pips, you know, the players in progress, whatever that, that, that the kids do at halftime. You think of it like uh, a, a pip for me is a, is a parent impeding progress. And, and I try to not be one of those. But it's – and you got to be careful. I mean, coaches can impede progress too, right? That's why we do mentorship and professional development. A kid can impede progress if the kid's not showing up on time or, or bringing his or her equipment or, or giving their all on every quarter horse at the end of practice or whatever the case may be. But a parent has a role in that too. And I know this, this podcast episode is not really about parents, but it's something we all hit on because we all are parents. We all are, are, have developed relationships with parents. And it's such a critical piece of, of uh, high school sports. Um, Tommy, I also want to get into golf because you're the head golf coach at North Forney High School. And, right. and you guys have had some really successful teams lately. In fact, I think you're, um, you, you hosted the 13-5A district golf tournament this last week, correct? That's correct. Yeah. And, you know, we could probably uh, – Tommy's podcast episode on his own. Mm-hmm. He could tell some million great stories. But j- just for a minute, focusing on golf – you guys won a district championship. Your, was it last year or year before? It was uh, the year before. Well, we didn't get to have golf last year. Right? Take have. that one out, put the asterisk that, beside it. But. Our girls won the first district golf championship in the history of the school Yeah. Uh, two years ago. Our boys and, and our boys were the second place team in the district. So in the eight years, we've had two teams qualify. And we didn't qualify an individual until Landon Davis, his junior year, qualified to go. And then Landon led his team, his senior year, to the second place finish. Then Bianca Cunningham came over, a transfer, thank goodness, from Lakeview Centennial and led our girls golf team to the district championship, which they won by 65 strokes wow. their senior year. So they've had some great success in Tommy's mm-hmm. golf program. Not, that, I mean, Tommy's been head football coach. Tommy's been probably head coaches. Of, of numerous sports over the years. In 47 years, you've probably done a little bit all of it. Everything except softball and baseball. Okay. And, but You'll get there. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> I'm too old. Well, the bottom line is um, our kids have really benefited from you being their golf coach at North Forney. But I know our structure. I know, I know this personally because I've seen it. Our young coaches and even some of our young head coaches in Forney ISD have benefited from being on staff mm-hmm. with Tommy because he is a mentor in the purest sense. And he looks for, he's one of those experienced coaches that looks for opportunities to teach and model and grow young coaches. And that is such a high value commodity on coaches staff these days. Um, I wanted you. to mention that. Thank you for that. And this goes back one year, uh, Neil let me talk to the middle school coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, before school started and the topic of my conversation with with them was things they don't tell you at coaching school and in a period of about 15 minutes I highlighted everything I came up with 10 things that they don't tell you at coaching school that you have to learn by experience trial by fire and I tried to save them the pain that sometimes Mm -hmm. comes along with that you know I was fortunate when I was growing up as a coach. You know, I played for John Clark, Hall of Fame. Tommy Kimbrough came over my senior year to help with the varsity in the playoffs, and everybody was wondering who Tommy Kimbrough was, <laughs> you know, and Tommy became a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, I coached with Les Koenig at Cypress Creek, Hall of Fame coach. I've had the good, great fortune of knowing Bill Ellington, who became my mentor when I was a head football coach at Quinlan. Bill was a former AD at the University of Texas. You know, Bill, bless his heart, when you went out to talk to Bill, it was either a working visit or a sit-down visit. Working meaning you had to work with his longhorns. <laughs> and uh, through Coach Ellington, I got to know Coach Royal and, you know, talked to him. And one of the funniest things, and I have to share this, we were sitting out at Bill's place and we were drinking iced tea. We were sitting out under the veranda and this tour bus pulls up to Bill's ranch. And we're sitting there, and I go, Bill, who is that? He says, I don't know. And off the bus stepped Daryl Royal. And Bill, being Bill, said, Daryl, 
what are you doing with the tour bus? Well, he, Daryl goes, well, Willie told me I need to buy one, so I bought one. <laughs> and so Daryl Royal shows up in an ex-Willie Nelson tour yeah, bus. Yeah. <laughs> All so right. that, that was interesting. Yeah, I hope Even Willie Nelson more. is in the coaching <laughs> web. <laughs> coaching, you know. Yeah. Listen, you want to start connecting dots. Yeah. You're going to have to have more time with Tommy, trust me. It's yes. the six shades of man can instead <laughs> of the six shades of Kevin Baker. <laughs> um, so we heard we heard that you had an athlete hole-in-one recently. Sure did. His name was uh, Connor Frederick. It uh, was known number eight at the Bridges course in Garland. And made a hole-in-one. I mean, it just one bounce and it was in and he couldn't believe it yeah. yeah and all the kids were going to run up there and look and i said i will go look and i will give you the sign and i looked in there and i looked around i played it up good yeah. i'm sure you it did was good but what was ironic that day we nearly had two holes in one so i had uh, austin weaver our number two uh hit a hit a shot that was a half inch from going in Oh, wow. wow. And then it backed up, and he said, Coach, that was the longest two-inch putt I ever had to make. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever hit a hole-in-one? Oh, heck no. Come come close three times. So what is that like to see one of your one of your kids oh, go out there and get one for you? It's amazing because <laughs> yeah. that was the first one I had ever witnessed. Yeah. Now, my daughter played golf, mm-hmm. and uh, there were times when she, you know, we have a rule, you know, no the, she didn't want her dad around. There were other times she was good. <laughs> mm-hmm. But she has hit two. In her mm-hmm. life, and her husband, who is an avid golfer and a scratch golfer, hasn't hit any yet. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 that's I, how it goes. I can tell you, I certainly have never been close. The young uh-huh. man with the last name Weaver on your team, obviously much better golfer than any Weaver I know, yeah. self included. Um, so, you, like we said, you've coached forty-seven years, coached a lot of different people. So, I am curious because I like to hear these stories. I, I hear open a lot up in the press box stuff. Who's the most athletic person you've ever coached? Most athletic, Jason Parker from North Garland, without a doubt. He really? was the number one utility athlete uh, in America when he was recruited his senior year. Uh, I talked him into going out for track. He was our quarterback mm-hmm. and our free safety. And um, I talked him into going out for track his junior year. I said, it's going to help you with your speed in the 40. And I, track's a great sport for all athletes because it's a ground-based activity and all kids benefit. So Jason came out and was running the 40, and then after I'd had him out there a couple of weeks, I put my hook in him a little more, and I talked him into triple jumping. So Jason never triple jumped before, which two weeks before the district competition. Jason, just go out there and compete. Well, Jason goes out there and competes, and, you know, he first comes off, and, you know, he's got a jump of about 48 feet, which is pretty good. And the kid from Garland, uh, Carl Geiger, who used to be an assistant principal here, uh, walks up and goes 49-7. Well, Carl walks beside Jason and says, I finally beat you in something. Uh-oh. And Jason got that look in his face, and he goes out and jumps 52 feet on the next jump and walks back and goes, not today. <laughs> but he was undoubtedly. Then I was had the good fortune of coaching two world-class athletes in track and field, Milton Mallard, who won the state championship in the 200 and 400, that went on to LSU, and then Jeff Jackson, a hurdler that won the one state in the 110s, fell in the 300s right as he was getting ready, took the lead, still got up and finished third. He went on to Baylor and uh, participated in the Sydney Olympics, missing the finals of the men's hurdles by one one-hundredth of a second. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, I, get, I keep in touch with those people, mm-hmm. but... Those three right there are some of the best. And, you know, I've been fortunate to coach pro athletes in football and, you know, had a couple that tried to play basketball, but, uh, you know, they weren't good enough. Got to meet Dell Harris through basketball, and his son played for us in Houston at Cypress Creek. Yeah. Okay. Well, then let's flip to the other side. Who's the most athletic person you ever coached against? Uh, okay. Uh, Brian, Byron Hanspard. Uh, DeSoto went on to play pro football for Atlanta. Uh, young man out of Longview, I cannot remember his name right now. He ended up playing at Notre Dame and played at Philadelphia. Uh, let's see, one other one. Uh, oh, uh, a quarterback by the name of Smith played at Notre Dame, was the quarterback at Lakeview Centennial. They were unbelievably athletic. And of course, of course our North Forney, 
person that plays for oh, Armani. Armani yeah. Watts, when I was at Forney High, he was playing at North Forney. Well, I said this. we got to get Armani on here because our, yeah, people, know. people know Armani right, as a football player, but uh, if you watched Armani in high school, he's a three-sport letterman. Could have, could have been, you know, he could have played against letterman. him in basketball. Yeah, well, so yeah. I mean, basketball, I mean, I was, you know, well, this is a story for another day, but mm-hmm. um, he was just impressive, as impressive on the basketball court mm-hmm. to me as he was on the football field and just a tremendous athlete. Y'all are going to laugh when I tell this story. When you talked about favorite movies. Mm-hmm. My all-time favorite sports movie is Hoosiers. Oh, that, all, all mm-hmm. time. That, was in that won my bracket, it was, it Tommy. Was that Hoosiers and, won my and, bracket. And the story behind that, I was at Cypress Creek coaching basketball. And the guard, remember the guard in the movie where the coach wants to know what gun the opponent is yeah. chewing? He was actually the principal at Jersey Village High School when I was at Cypress Creek. And he wrote a great big article that was in Texas Coach, and it became the Bible for us at Cypress Creek, was sit down, coach. Hmm. He, his idea was this, coach, you sit down because it's not about you, it's about the kids. You make your adjustments when you bring them over to the Interesting mm-hmm. perspective. And, and when he would come to the basketball game, you'd see all the basketball coaches in Cy Fair, oh, we're sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And here we were talking, Coach O, about it. When ours were sitting down, we're like, what, what, what's she doing? What's he doing? Yeah. Get up and coach. Yeah, well, there's your different perspective. There you go, yeah. Always learn something. Well, See, it's why you bring a mentor to the table. You he, get this stuff you didn't know. And he kept saying, it's about the kids. The parents don't need to see you standing up. They need to see their kids playing. Interesting. And when you're standing up, you're in the way. Yeah. That's very interesting. I never yeah. would have thought of that. I, I wouldn't have either. That is very interesting. So, um, as we expected it to be interesting with Coach Megan's, we, we could have you on here another five times we, we, probably. We do need to have him, have him back on. Yes. Because uh, I think there's a lot of depth we can go into that we don't mm-hmm. have time for today. Uh, number one, I wanted to, to congratulate you on um, a very successful golf season, but a bunch of successful golf seasons. And Tommy and Coach Shonsky at High uh, hosted the 13-5A golf competition uh, last week. It was a great, great couple of days. And um, they did a really nice job with that. But Tom, again, tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. We talk about the greatest athletes. We can talk about the district golf competition. But our topic today overall is mentorship. And Tommy's been a mentor for coaches for literally generations now of coaches in the state of Texas. Um, and he's also been um, a big impact coach for untold numbers of student athletes mm-hmm. at multiple schools. And, and that's to be celebrated. Including myself, I actually thought of one of your sayings this morning. I played. I, I played my first basketball game since the shutdown last night in a church basketball league, and I woke up sore. And I could hear you in middle school saying, "Ice is nice, heat is neat, but motion is lotion." <laughs> <laughs> and that is one of those those Coach Mangan's things that I, I remember from middle school. There's a few of them, but that one that one is stuck with. And me you do sure. think ice is nice, don't you? I think you've uh, Yes. You, you probably went straight to the. Uh, Ice bath. I I didn't. I oh. should, but yeah. I missed the cold whirlpool from the from the training room. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, Coach Mangans, thank you for coming on the show. We're going to bring you it. back, Tommy. Okay, we, we are. We, we need Tommy Mankins special episode. Yes, we do. Be thinking of some of those stories from forty-seven years in high school sports mm-hmm. in Texas. Well, Donna would be a part of a lot of them. Hey, I, I, I'm, you, I'm, you know, we it, this is editable. It's recorded content. <laughs> but I'm open to some Donald stuff. I'd like to hear some oh, Donna Cash. No, Donna, you, you might have some Tommy Mankin stories you want to share. Uh, we could spar with this deal here a little yeah. bit. Uh, I think we've got a pack. Okay. Yeah. I would say nothing bad ever about I know Donna you Caps because she is special. She's, you know, kind of the Mount Rushmore of coaches simply because of her way that she looks at kids and how she talks to kids and how she handles kids. You know, she had teams that she faced battles with parents yeah. and she put the parents on the back burner. I mean, she worried about the kids, about and, took kids. and took care of kids. And that's what I will always remember about Donna. She takes and took care of kids. Again, Thank you. exposing kids nowadays, coaches mm-hmm. nowadays, um, to great mentorship from great people is an, an opportunity we we must take advantage of. We can't afford not to. Uh, in this day and age, our society needs it. They need coaches. Our society needs coaches. It needs um, mentors. It needs kids to be reinforced with the great lessons of athletics. So I'm excited about where we're headed. I mean, I'm 
so appreciative of Tommy and, and the coaches that pour into our kids and our coaches in this school district. Um, but I think it's going to be fun to dig into what we can do in a more broad setting with a partnership with Mesquite. So good episode today. Absolutely. Coach Coach Caps, Coach Bankins, Coach Groves, thank you all so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. And Reed is not here once again, so we're going to move over to Coach Weaver for a real quick around town. It's you- quick. I already hit on it. Tonight, mm-hmm. this is Tuesday. Tonight, our Forney High girls play in the semifinal, regional semifinal game at Standridge Stadium in Carrollton. That's a girls' soccer, farthest they've ever been. We're excited about that. We're in the thick of district competition in both baseball and softball. Uh, Forney High, I mean, uh, North Forney High School played Forney High last week and got there. Had a very successful week. This is the best start North Forney baseball's ever had. So we had Coach Sparks on. Congrats mm-hmm. to him. Uh, Co- Coach Farrow at Forney High is having a great season, too. They're right in the mix, leading District 13 5 Ace. We're excited about that. Our softball teams are great every year, competitive mm-hmm. every year. It's a really good softball district this year. Um, so they're mixing it up, they're in the second round. Um, we just finished up District 13-5A track last week. We've got a bunch of kids going to the area level. Uh, we have an area track meet now, of course, before the regional meet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we uh, cross over. That's going to be in Joshua in the next couple of weeks. Um, lots of success across the board. We've got district tennis coming up um, this week. And uh, so those kids are out there getting after it, and we'll, we'll be talking about regional qualifiers, hopefully in that sport too. It's been a good spring already. We're just happy to be having a spring this mm-hmm. year, right? Mm-hmm. Even though it's a little abbreviated. We had our last junior high meet we hosted last week at Citibank Stadium. That was really good. Fred, Tommy helped us set up a starter for that. Fred Alexander, longtime Forniac, worked at the state track meet for 15 or 20 years. Um, we probably need to get him on the podcast at some point, I'm well, sure, Mr. Alexander. I didn't really realize he's Rachel Reynolds' uncle. We were yeah. talking about that. Rachel Reynolds, his knee. There's a great former Forney ISD mm-hmm. at one, one of the most gifted kids I ever watched run in a track and meet Trey as a Reynolds. coach myself. And Trey. Tra- and Trey Reynolds as well, yeah, uh, older than her. So mm-hmm. a lot of connection there. But um, it's busy. It's a, it's a busy time in spring. we got state testing going on right now, so we're kind of on pause with some athletic events. Um, and um, But, man, it's fun, and our teams are doing well. Well. That's all we have for you today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Make sure you come back next week for episode 15 of the 126. Share us out, tell people about it, and we will see you next week.